After Jesus' death, I guess they finally had their time of rest. As if a deserved time off from achieving something as awesome as creating the world in six days. They definitely now had peace and things could finally go back to normal. Or so they thought. Can you imagine being humiliated for three years by a man who had less qualifications than yourself? He had little formal education and was the son of a common carpenter for God's sake. Who wouldn't get upset? This was the predicament of the Jewish leaders who vowed not to rest until Jesus, their supposed biggest opposition, was put to rest in the grave. But little did they know that they were unknowingly fitting in the pieces of prophecy that would bring the long-awaited salvation of man. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Specifically talking about the physical rulers, who were inspired by the spiritual rulers of darkness, but one thing they all had in common, they were ignorant of God's wisdom. They could never understand. This was why after they had Jesus killed, they thought, well, it was finally time to throw a victory party. In their ignorance and depravity, they were blinded to the plan of God the entire time. And how could they see something they had no access to? Jesus was in the grave. Day one went by. Everything was calm on earth. But there was something going on in the spiritual realm already. Peace at last, they thought. Day two. In the camp of the rulers, there was still celebration on earth and a party to commend themselves on a work well done. But in the spiritual realm, Jesus was already in hell, conquering Satan and snatching back the keys of life and death. However, in the camp of the beloved of Jesus, there was tears and heartbreak, since they, they could not see into the spirit realm, just as Jesus had said in John chapter 16, verse 20, saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Their Lord had been killed, and in a gruesome manner, too. And they never thought they would see him again on this side of existence. And then came the third day. Would it be like the other two preceding days? Well, here were the devout women who followed Jesus before he was killed. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, as the Bible puts it. Even though the chief priests and the Pharisees had manipulated Pilate into keeping a guard at the tomb to stop what they thought would be a trick resurrection, these women went anyway. I wonder what was going through their minds. How did they think they would gain access into the tomb? Only God knows what they had planned in mind. So after the day of preparation, the next day was the Sabbath day the holy day of the Lord. 
they decided to go to the tomb to apply perfumes to Jesus' supposedly dead body. But lo and behold, Jesus had risen. Hallelujah. We just sighed in eternal relief because now our salvation was sure. Jesus had conquered the grave, peace to men and glory to God. It was definitely unbelievable. Were they beginning to see non-existent figments of imagination? Of course not. This was reality. According to the account of the Gospel of John, it says that when Mary Magdalene saw the tomb stone had been rolled away, probably out of worry, she first ran back to the other disciples to see if they could come and confirm what her eyes had seen. Had they taken the body of Jesus away truly? Oh, they ran as fast as their legs could carry them. Two disciples, Peter and probably John, who was referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved, were called upon. The disciple that Jesus loved gets there first and finds out that Jesus is truly not there anymore. Then here comes Peter as well to confirm for himself. At this point, their hearts could not remember the words of Jesus rising again after three days. All they could think about was the question of where the rulers might have taken the body of Jesus. Discouraged and downcast, they decided to return home. However, not all of them would lose the blessing of waiting on God. Mary Magdalene had stayed behind. She was about to be the first to see Jesus because she, she waited even while everybody else had lost hope. We really need to cultivate the character of truly waiting on God, even when we, don't, when we don't understand what we're seeing or why we're in that waiting position. There are blessings always attached to this process. So here she is, still perplexed and weeping, when she catches sight of two angels in the tomb. Then these angels ask her, why is she weeping? because they knew that there was no cause for weeping anymore. Whom do you seek? Jesus asked as he was standing right behind her. Obviously, there was no display of glory and appearance here, both from the angels and from Jesus as well, because it's recorded that she even mistook Jesus for the gardener. And until Jesus called her attention to the present-day reality of his resurrection, Mary would have never known. Excited as anyone in her position would have been, Jesus knew that a warm hug would be inevitable in the sequence of events and was quick to stop her in her tracks out of love. He had to ascend to the Father first to make a complete offering to God. Only after that could he be revealed to the rest of the world again, as this he told her. He announced the newness of life that was now available. His God was now our God, and His Father now our Father. This was the redemption and the work of reconciliation completed. Hallelujah! He told her to go and announce that He had succeeded in the work of the cross, and now all men had gained full access to the Father, just as Jesus also had. 
After he went to the Father and returned, in the evening of the same day, Jesus appeared to his disciples who were in a locked room for fear of the Jews. He was right in their midst. And to prove that he was really the risen Christ, he showed them the holes in his hands. They believed and were full of excitement that the Lord had risen from the dead. They were, however, not complete, for Thomas, who would later come to be known as the Doubting Thomas, was not present. And though he was told of the news, he was not persuaded until he saw Jesus himself and felt the holes in his hands. We see that Jesus was not so pleased with the unbelief of Thomas who lacked the basic element of the true believer, faith. And there Jesus said, It's better that we believe even without seeing, either with physical eyes or spiritual ones, because this is the faith which pleases God. Jesus appeared to many more followers before his ascension into heaven. He appeared to two of his followers who were on their way to Emmaus, who were discussing the amazing play of events that had just hit them, seeing Jesus crucified as a common criminal. Jesus soon revealed that he was alive to them, and great joy overwhelmed them. Jesus then finally appeared to all the disciples together in one accord, just as they were listening to the account of the followers Jesus earlier met on their way to Emmaus. He dined with them, and later on, they ascended to the Mount of Olives, where Jesus blessed them and gave the great commission to go into the world and make disciples of all men. All these, the story of the life, trials, death, and resurrection of Jesus happened just so that men could gain the repentance for the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. This is the whole cause for which we now celebrate the marked date of Easter. The only significance that we should attach and be reminded of is the life and time of Jesus on earth. His life that showed us the perfect blueprint to walking righteously before God. We also are reminded of his death and his resurrection. The death was important, but without the resurrection, we would have remained hopeless. Keep these things in mind now. Not with the sadness and gloom that the disciples had when Jesus died, but with the joy and gladness that they were filled with when they finally experienced his rise from the dead. You are not celebrating Easter with sadness, although you must be sober, remembering the pain Jesus had to go through. This remembrance culminates with a celebration because of the glory with which he rose and the glory which we have also received by this sacrifice. You are now an heir and a child of God, loved and special before God. You are now a royal priesthood in the service of God. You now have dominion over sin, to walk in the righteousness of God. You are now saved. Hallelujah. Saints, children of God, let us pray. Heavenly Father, 
I thank you for the finished work of salvation that Jesus completed through his life, death, and resurrection from the grave into life. I have been made alive again, born anew through receiving this great path to salvation. I now live for you, God, in a manner pleasing to you. Thank you, Jesus, for you have saved me. Glory to your name, for you have conquered the grave. Hallelujah. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who has come to dwell with me because of the sacrifice and price you paid for me. As I celebrate this Easter, Lord, help me remember now and always the great power that was displayed just so I could be saved. I am accepted and I have been justified that I may be glorified in you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.